they are doing multiple things. They have a lot of tasks they need to be on top of. It truly becomes how do you focus on your one thing for every task that you want to do in order to play on a higher level. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, AAA Adams. And today I'm joined with a friend, Ashley Nicole, who is a real estate agent and also teaches coaches and mentors other real estate agents to be better real estate agents. She is phenomenal at multitasking, which is always interesting because she says that she reads the book, The One Thing. And when I read the book, The One Thing, Mr. Keller, who she should know very well, says you cannot (laughs) multitask. So I think we're going to have to get into that just a little bit. But let me give you just a bit of background on Ashley Nicole. She is accomplished right here in Colorado. She's also, I think she's, she's been an, uh, a phenomenal agent in the state of, uh, out in Boston, uh, Washington, uh, California, in two different cities. And uh, now she's here in Denver, back to her roots and crushing it, has a team of realtors at the Keller Williams office in Cherry Creek. So if you're listening to this and you need a rock star agent, this is your rock star agent. This is the rock star agent that teaches other rock star agents. So you've come to the right place. And if you are an agent and you have felt left out, like, man, I really want to get into multifamily. Man, I really want to do what Adams keeps saying, but I feel like maybe I need to focus on my agency right now. I need to focus on, you know, growing my client list and then I'll be able to do this. Well, this is perfect. This is your podcast. Ashley has extensive knowledge of the strategies necessary to win the fast-paced market. After competing in all of these hot markets, her experience in negotiating win-win situations, and in my opinion, win-win situations, is the definition of creativity because you're creating a solution. So she's creating and negotiating these win-win situations for her clients, and it ensures that they are able to actually come uh, complete their transactions. So I want to dive into this, but first, I need to I need to start with that one question. If you're really at Keller Williams and you really know who Gary Keller is, and I've read the book, trust me, and he says in there in like chapter six-ish that uh, he like tries to debunk multitasking in that book, and he tries to say that people can't do it, but you still have the gall to share it. So I'm going to just say, hey, Ashley – what do you mean by multitasking? And if you've got it, how do the rest of us do it? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for the amazing introduction. Uh, I think that one of the things we all obsess about is this idea of balance. And another point Gary Keller does share all the time is this idea of counterbalance, that mm. you'll never be perfectly balanced in your life. And when you get to people that are playing life on a really high level, it's not because they only have one thing, you know, they don't just buy condos and that's it. They are doing multiple things. They have a lot of tasks they need to be on top of. It truly becomes, how do you focus on your one thing for every task that you want to do in order to play on a higher level? 
Yes. Yes. I love it. I agree with you. You sold me. You yeah, sold me. <laughs> so it's it's almost so so I don't know if the listener has read the book, but if they are an agent, most assuredly they should read the book. Absolutely. But I remember I was shoveling snow. We had uh, approximately 15 inches of snow, and it was heavy. And um, I got a big, big driveway because I live in Conifer. It's in the mountains, and our driveways are just so long. And um, don't ask me why I don't have a snowblower. Don't ask me why I wasn't using the, 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 the whatever it's called. But I had my headphones in, and I was listening to Gary Keller talking about that counterbalance, and that was an aha moment for me. Yeah. He's like, there's no such thing as balance. And I was like, my sweetheart's always telling me I need to have more balance. And then he brought up this counterbalance, and it gave me an argument for my sweetheart because I love arguing. I think it's fun. But <laughs> this counterbalance thing was interesting. It's exactly as you stated with your multitasking. It's like switch tasking. You're, you're accomplishing multiple things this week and this month and this year. You're focused on more than one thing this week or this month or this year. But when you're with your two children, Ashley has two amazing children. When she's with her children, she's all in with her children. She's full in right there with them. But when she's teaching and coaching and mentoring another uh, agent to be better at, at realtor stuff, uh, she, she puts her heart and soul into making sure that that person goes to the next level. And when she's working at, out at the gym, she puts her heart at it. When she works out or when she does her own real estate commission business, she puts everything into it. But the, the book shares this like with this counterbalance that you can't just be in the middle. Being in the middle is terrible. You have to be at the extreme on this side and then on the extreme of this side because that's how you counterbalance. That's how you get multiple things done. If you want to be a great mother like Ashley is, you go all the way on that side. If you want to be a great coach like Ashley is, you go all the way on that side during that time. So this is very interesting. You've opened my mind. I love it. <laughs> Ashley, there is a few people listening that need to be a better realtor that need to be a better agent or a better broker. And you've got some systems and some strategies that you've perfected in your own life and you've been helping others do. So I want to break those down. I want you to just kind of share with us the system that you would give to one of your clients to help them become a better them. Would you mind? I know I'm throwing this yeah. on the spot for you, but it, you got to come up with a system. You got to give us the three steps or whatever it okay. is, so that we can uh, we can learn from this and have a really yeah. good takeaway. Yeah. So before I get into, it, I have to say I never used to be a systems person until I started living my life in counterbalance, and it became an absolute necessity. So the number one rule I've learned about systems is a system isn't truly a system unless it doesn't bother the other parts of your system right? So if you are going to say time block your calendar, that right there is a system. But if you don't stay on top of it, and you allow scheduling conflicts to come into your life consistently, then you don't truly have a time blocking system. So I'd say for me, number one, it's absolutely time blocking. And it's not that every single day of my life looks the same. It's that 
every day I sit down and I know what I'm doing at any given time so that I'm not wasting those hours that are so precious for me to be doing things and accomplishing everything I need to get done. Otherwise, I go home and I'm with my kids and I'm writing contracts instead of being all in with them. So number one is having that time blocked calendar every single week done. I live and die by what it says in my calendar. Number two is that I have the same systems open every single morning. I operate out of my CRM and my database, so I'm always staying up to what follow-ups do I have. I'm not letting those back up. If that's people I need to talk to that are agents, if that's my clients, if those are actives under contracts, things like that, that's always open. Next is always the MLS. That is open 24-7 on my computer. Um, and then the last thing is having my market stats reports open. So I use Altos for that. Uh, that is constantly on my computer. Those are the systems that I use. I'm in and out of every single day that make me some of the most money possible. And to the very last one is my uh, Google Sheets deal calculator that I use. Okay, a Google Sheets deal calculator. Now, what does that do for you? Are you, is this single family that you're mostly focused on? Uh, yeah, primarily single family. However, it does have an adapter for multifamily hmm. and it calculates things for holds. So not fix and flips. I use bigger pockets for fix and flips, uh, but it gets a little bit more in depth on cash flow itself. So I can use it to send people a very quick calculated snapshot of whether the deal they're looking at is going to cash flow for them instead of having to do the math myself every single time. It has all the uh, equations and functions set into it. So I just go and plug in the numbers. Okay. So I want to be clear on something with the time blocking. Um, when I see time blocking, it's like for these two hours tomorrow, I'm going to be doing nothing but writing my book. If it was Gary Keller, right? I'm, the only thing I'm going to do is write my book tomorrow. Or the only thing I'm going to do from noon to two is I'm, I'm going to be on the MLS. So I, I just wanted to clarify and just make sure that I understood and that there was no confusion for the listener either. Um, sometimes when we're time blocking, like from two to three, that's when I, that's the only time I check my emails or from, you know, three to four, that's the only time I'm posting on social media or, or from four to five, that's the only time that I'm doing homework with my kids or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, you've got, You've got time blocking as one of the most important critical things, uh, but at the same time, you have your CRM open, you have your MLS open, that's the multiple listing service, I think it's called. Correct, yeah. And then, obviously, I'm not a real estate agent. Yeah. <laughs> and then you also have, like, your market stats report from Altos, and then your Google Sheets deal calculator. These are kind of all always there, and I know that you make your a ton of money with the MLS, right? That's like your right. some bread and butter right there. And so one thing is obviously it can be really good for you in, in some ways it can be really good for you to um, if a deal comes up and it, and it just shows up like you're the first person to see it, right? It just shows right. up and you and you say, uh, I'm on it. Yep. But at the same time, if you're time blocking something besides MLS, or if you're time blocking your CRM, if you're time blocking phone calls, if you're time blocking time with your kids, if you're time blocking a lunch appointment, whatever, like what happens then 
when something pops up on MLS, which I think you stated was like always open for you? Yeah. So for our MLS system, it doesn't ping you when something new happens. It hmm. you only know by going in and looking. So it cuts down. It's not too much of a distraction. What I found is that if I open my Safari window and I need to type in a web address, my fingers kind of automatically type in Facebook. And before I know it, I am helplessly on Facebook. So mm. having my windows that I'm always in just open, I don't have to worry about navigating to the right window, getting distracted, thinking, oh, I'll just hop on Facebook and check what that message was. Okay. I'm already where I need to be. It keeps my focus right where it is when it needs to be there. Love that. Okay, so with that said, <clears throat> when you log into your Google Chrome or your Firefox or hope you don't use the one with the E. I hope nobody uses that. <laughs> but um, when you're logging into your internet and you, you, um, you jump into the, like the, the browser, does it automatically, does all of these tabs just come up and they're already open or do you have to manually click them? Usually I still need to manually click them because okay. once I've put my kids in bed, I'm back on to Facebook because I do have a lot of connections there. I like to keep up to date and keep those relationships going. Um, going into the contract writing software, things like that. So my browser changes at night. So when I get in, when I wake up in the morning, I actually have everything in my bookmarks. I click right through the top four that I need that day. And then they're there, they're open, passwords are saved. I do a quick, you know, MLS, especially with this hot market. If I've got buyers looking, I have to take some time in the morning to look and see if there's any good matches we need to go see. And then I can move on pretty seamlessly to the rest of my day. Mm. Okay. What's the contract writing software? I think I've heard of it or signed things, CTM or something yeah, like that? CTM, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So that's that's the software that integrates with maybe the MLS so that all you have to do is you plug in some stuff and you've made a contract. So do you um, support a lot of investors that are trying to buy things in the Denver area? Yeah, um, I do have a lot of investors that are looking in the Denver area. Um, and honestly, as an agent, having investors is probably the best thing you can do for your clients because it offers you one more solution to what the seller needs. I think mm. as the industry has kind of shifted and we've all felt the change in the way things work, we've gotten lost in this old idea that sellers always want to net the most amount of money possible, right? How could you not? That's what we're all thinking. I want the most money out of this. Um, and what we found is that sellers right now, they want choices, solutions, options. They all have different reasons for selling. So if you can't fund that deal, having five, six investors in line that are always looking um, and might have different specializations that you can just pop right in and say, well, you know what, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I, I'd be happy to list your home at this price, but if you'd rather just get a cash offer today, I can go do that for you. It's huge, and it's really important to be able to make that impact on people. Mm. Love that. I really do, and I hope that it's going both ways, whereas the people that are working with you, these investors who are working with you, are going up to the the seller and saying, look, I could do all cash, I could do fast, but you could really sell it for more if you worked with Ashley, something like that. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, I'm big on relationships and I know if you build them the right way, it works well. Hey, it's Adam Adams. And I want to take a second to say thank you to one of our sponsors. Now, if you've tried to earn a full-time income flipping houses, the traditional way, you know, it takes a lot of money. 
putting 10 or 20% down on each house adds up fast. Plus, you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars if you get caught holding a few houses when the market crashes. Well, what if I told you that there was a better way to flip houses? A way that didn't require much upfront capital, a way that made it easy to find more fix and flip deals than you could even handle, and best of all, a way that insulated you from losing all your money in a market crash. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a simple way to quit your job and flip houses full-time. It's called fix and list deal. Eric Young used the strategy to quit his job, double his income, and become a self-made house flipper in less than a year. Eric's a real estate investor located in Denver, and he's perfected the fix and list strategy over the last four years, and he's got a free giveaway. Learn how you can implement the fix and list strategy by watching Eric's free video lessons at fixandlistsecrets.com. It may just change your life. This is the Creative Real Estate Podcast, and I always intended for it not to be just around lease options and subject to. Uh, people, right. they, they start listening to this podcast and they, they say to themselves, oh, creative real estate, I know what that is. That's lease options, that's subject to, that's wraparound mortgage, that's seller carry, uh, that's uh, double closes. That's, they have this idea, but in my opinion, I resonate with what you just said. You said that they like to have options, more, more than one solution. Uh, you want to have that other tool, I guess, is, an, is a way that I share yeah. on this podcast sometimes, a tool in your tool belt. So you're the handyman, you're sitting, you go over to the job and don't worry, you brought a screwdriver, a hammer, a saw and a XYZ because now you're going to be able to fix more things. You're going to be able to have the right tool for the situation. So if you need a lease option, you got it. If you need a cash buyer, you got it. If you need a uh, <clears throat> listed on the MLS, you got it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. So here's what I here's what I want to get into now. Speaking of creative real estate, you mentioned to me that you've got some creativity as it pertains to being an agent that I think could help any agents that are listening right now. So why don't you share some of that with us? What do you do? What do you use as creativity as a real estate agent? Sure. So I think creativity shows up in two different ways for agents. We have obviously a lot of free form over our marketing and the creativity there. Um, and I would say my number one piece of advice to any agent listening is don't get lost in the weeds of that creativity, because ultimately we need to consider what is valuable to the end user right? Do our clients really care that we have the prettiest logo in the world and we spent six months of our career focusing on it? Or do they care that we have something that's recognizable and easy to read, easy to understand? And that I think is where a lot of agents get lost because it's fun. Uh, true creativity in real estate comes from knowing the ins and outs of the different solutions available and becoming really, really good at listening to your consumer to figure out what they actually need. Right? We almost need to diagnose what their needs are because they don't know what the options are out there. They don't know that they can do seller carry financing and that that might work. They don't know that they can 1031 and buy something in a different state closer to home. You have to have these available and then be prepared to implement them in your own, in your own business ultimately. You know, one of the questions I love hearing and it's asked to me sometimes, I ask it to others, is, why aren't you doing this yourself? And I mean that in a very nice way of when we do find a great deal and we go offer it to our investors, 
a lot of the ones I have great relationships will turn to me and say, well, why aren't you doing it yourself if it's such a great deal? And when, when you truly want to do something, the money will show up. So be prepared for those opportunities as well. That to me is the end all of creative real estate. You have a license, you have this golden access to listings and off market opportunities. Why not use it? Awesome. I love that. So I'm, I want to get into the second part that you said, because I think that that's really, really, really good talking about the question that they would have for you. Like, why wouldn't you be doing this deal yourself if you think it's such a good deal? So I want to spend some time on that. But first, I want to at least approach what you said prior to that, because it is so important when it comes to creativity, that you're asking questions, just like you said, you're listening and you're diagnosing like as if you were a doctor or a handyman or whatever, you got to, you don't just start throwing that hammer into the wall. You don't just start, you don't just put a cast on someone's uh, foot when they have a headache, right? You haven't spent the time to be able to understand, to extract, to diagnose exactly what needs to happen. And I honestly think that a lot of people skip that. I think there's a ton of fix and flippers out there that literally only carry around a hammer. Right. They, they go door to door to door and they say, I can buy your house for half of its value. What do you think? And um, nobody takes it except for one out of a thousand. And that one out of a thousand takes them 10 days to get, but they make a hundred grand on it every 10 days or whatever. So, so that's your hammer. I and mean, that's the only the hammer, but you're talking about, you know, you're, you're diagnosing, you're asking questions, you're, you're listening carefully. We have how many ears, how many mouths, right? We have two ears, right. one mouth. I think we ought to be using them accordingly. And I loved how you were talking about, have you thought about a 1031 exchange? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about uh, just getting out of this right now for a short price? I have a couple of buyers. Because as you're listening, you're able to create a deal. And when you're creating a deal, you're doing creative real estate. I love it. So what was the part that we were going to dive into? It was the part where you said um, that you have some clients who come up to you and they say, uh, actually, if this is such a great deal, like, why don't you just buy it? So what do you tell them? What what do you really tell them? What what goes through in your head? Like uh, when they ask you that? Yeah, so it's kind of funny because it depends a little bit on what kind of mindset I'm in lately. Uh, When I've been in a more negative mindset, like, well, I don't have the money for it. That one's too much. That one needs X percent down or, you know, and you realize very quickly that you're making excuses. And when somebody pulls that out of you, it's a nice moment uh, Mm. to hear that. And um, it's really nice accomplishment to come out on the other side and say those were limiting beliefs. Those were things that were holding me back. Um, and other times it's, I very honestly, I no interest in that area, no interest in this process. I'm too busy right now um, because obviously investing personally is not my number one priority. Uh, however, it's nice to have a few options here. You just made a lot of enemies. On the show, all the listeners, they they were all good when we were talking about helping agents. <laughs> they were like, this is fine. This is fine. And then you stabbed them. And you're like, I don't have interest in, in investing. And they're like, whoa, not listening to Adam's show anymore. Yeah. Um, I have interest in helping other people invest 
and occasionally picking up my own investments. Cool, cool. And yeah. so um, are you more interested just on that topic? Are you more interested in saying, hey, I really want to get into fix and flips or I, re- I, yeah. I think I could wholesale or, or I think I could hold some rentals or multifamily rentals? Like with you, what's your direction if you were to invest? Yeah. So I actually have one under contract right now um, that I'll be flipping. And it's kind of funny because I think a lot of people don't understand my my sort of story uh, unless they know me personally is that I went through a pretty nasty divorce over the last three years and ended up losing all of the property that I own in that divorce. So, uh, you know, it's kind of this story of getting back on your feet, getting back out there and really going after all of this completely on my own, whereas I used to have somebody that was a partner on this. Um, And it's very different to do. Um, It is a little bit scarier to be on your own in a deal and making all the decisions, you know, there's nobody at Home Depot saying, yeah, you got tile woodwork. <laughs> mm. It's on your own. <laughs> I guess it could feel a little bit vulnerable when, when you're yeah. doing it on your own. I have, I have a thought. I don't know if you're going to like it, but um, what I've always thought was crazy to me is, is these, um, these uh, commercial real estate brokers. Yeah. that are making like one check might be a couple hundred grand, right? One check oh, yeah. might be 500 grand or whatever. And, um, and it's like, you're doing multiple deals in a year. What do you do with all that money? Like you can't spend <laughs> that much money. You just can't go and spend it. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm doing like mutual funds. And I was like, what? You're doing mutual wow. funds. You, you have, wow. You just made like 300 grand on this transaction. Why don't you invest it in apartments? You could right. even be passive. And some of them do. Some of them roll their commission into deals. Um, but it's not every day. It's not no. as often as I would think. And if it, Because I, I think I have this like personality that must, I must be a part of it. I like really just want to be a part of it. So if I was an agent, I feel like I would be more of a bird dogging agent being like, Hey John, I found another rental that we can close together. I'll roll my commission into it and I can, I can own 40% or 30% of it or something. And, um, you, you can buy the rest and I'll just let you run it and I'll collect passive cash flow instead of like, a check for 12 grand or whatever it is, you know? So anyway, that's, that's just me. I'm always like thinking, how do I get cash flow? I just want cash flow. I don't want to work. I mean, I, I like working, like I want to work and make money, but I try my hardest to push it into passive investments. Like, Oh yeah. For my kiddos, are you doing passive investments? Are you looking for it? Are you wanting to do it, like hold rentals, or are you going yeah. to the stock market, or what's what's your plan there? I I'm not personally a huge fan of the stock the stock market. I'll I'll tell you why. I think that if you don't know anything about the stocks, it's really not investing. It's just speculating. And I know real estate. I know the investments. I know the ROI. So I feel that that's the better place for me to be investing my money Mm -hmm. and be really in control of creating that passive income. 
so, yeah, no, I'm definitely, this is going to be my first flip that I've just uh, gone under contract on that's going to be solo. And after that one, I'm planning on 1031ing it straight into a hold property. That'll be fun. That'll be, a, that'll yeah. be really exciting. I want yeah. to get more into that with you. So, but let's, that, we'll do that <laughs> offline. We'll do that offline. And I don't know if you're coming to our, we have a meetup. Are you coming tonight? I know. Are I you know, coming? I tonight. Yeah. I haven't registered my spot yet though. So I have to make sure uh, I have one. There were only seven when I opened up the email yesterday. So I have to make sure. Yeah. Now there's negative 12 or 15. <laughs> uh, there, there's a wait list of at least 12 last time I checked, but, um, uh, would be would be great to have you if we if we could it, and it's at the same place where we met I the know. first time a year and a half ago or whatever. <laughs> so, all right, Ashley, if I'm an agent, yeah, and I'm listening to this show right now, and I'm like, this is all really cool stuff. I'm opening my mind to new things, but I need something actionable that I can take away from this podcast and say, I'm going to be a better agent tomorrow because I just listened to this podcast with Ashley Nicole. What would be the actionable advice that you would give to the agent who got inspired, who got excited, who, who saw some possibilities, but they need to go to the next level? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So if you, I, and I love, I call them deliverables. Anytime I do a class, a mastermind, any, anything like this, what's my deliverable? I would say every single agent out there should find either a cash partner investor or a hard money lender that can help them out. And they need to start offering at every single listing appointment they go on an iBuyer program. Really cool. I didn't, ex- I didn't know what to expect because I usually have <laughs> investors on the podcast, but it, it has been so fun to have you. If there's anything else you would like to share with the listener, share it right now. Uh, and then right after that, I need you to just share with the listener the best way that they could find you or get a hold of you. And don't give them three ways like my other, list, my other guests. Give them one way one link, one handle that they can go to find and follow Ashley Nicole. Okay. Uh, So if I had to leave you guys with one more thing, I would say never stop pursuing knowledge. This is such an exciting time to be in real estate, to be in investing uh, between interest rates and inventory and the economic predictions, especially here in the Denver area. Uh, Don't miss out. You'll be sad in 10 years if you wait. Um, Lastly, if you want to follow me and get a hold of me, I would say Facebook is the number one way to get in touch with me. If you send me a friend request and a message, I'm Ashley Nicole, and it's spelled A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. Perfect. So since it is the cool way as a spell Ashley, there's so many ways, double E, so many. I, I-E, E-Y, so yep. many, but we've got the L-E-I-G-H. Um, but don't worry. What we're going to do is we're going to queue up your Facebook profile. We're gonna, it's going to be in the show notes right now. Love so it. I'm a listener. I just heard that. I'm scrolling down now, and I click on that profile. I can connect with Ashley Nicole. Ashley, I really appreciate you coming on the show. This is the Thank first you. ever podcast she's agreed to, um, <laughs> which, is, which is an honor for me. 
even though others have asked her, you need to come on. She's, she decided to let this one be the first one, and, and that makes me incredibly grateful. I'm going to let you go, my friend, but until next time, keep thinking outside that box. It's an honor to have you as a listener, and I just wanted to say thank you. I also wanted to thank our sponsor, FixingListSecrets.com, where they have that free video lesson. In that video lesson, you're going to learn never to struggle again to find or fund your next fix and flip deal. You're going to learn how to flip houses without taking out a mortgage. So now you can flip houses as your full-time income and not lose any money in a market crash. There's a simple way to flip houses full-time, and that is to visit FixingListSecrets.com.